Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Connie McGinty as we discuss reaching the one. So, Connie, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here for this episode. Can you uh, start us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to start with, and then George will, I'm sure, ask you some follow-up questions. Okay. It's nice to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. I am Connie McGinty, and I've been married 50 years to John McGinty. We have three daughters that are grown. We have eight grandchildren. One of my daughters has six children, and she's married to a pastor, and she homeschools in Columbus, Ohio. And then I have two daughters in Florida and two grandchildren. I've been a member of St. Peter's for 15 years, I think. I love it. It's uh, my home away from home, and I'm involved in as much as I can be here. I love Vacation Bible School. I love being a leader in Vacation Bible School, and uh, I'm in women's Bible study on Tuesdays. So you've been quite active in St. Peter's. How long have you been at St. Peter's? Did you say that? I think it's been 15 to 20 years. 15 to 20 years. And you were first Lutheran before you came I was at first Lutheran, and then we came here. Okay. And before that, you'd lived in other states, right? I think I, I lived in Wisconsin, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and we moved here 37 years ago. 37 years ago. Mm-hmm. Time really flies when you start looking back and you go, I know. Uh, Rachel and I have been here 30 years now, and so it hardly seems like that that long. Yeah. Now, your youngest daughter, Caitlin, right? She's the youngest. Caitlin, yeah. Um, she worked at St. Peter's for a short period of time. She was a summer intern for us. Yeah, she worked for you. Phenomenally organized and a great person. And she is married to somebody famous, right? Yes, she is. She is married to a world champion trick water skier. Which to me is always interesting. Is that his only job? Is he just No, his family owns and runs a water ski school on the Panhandle. And they have students that come from all over the world to train with my son-in-law and his father. That's just such an interesting thing around the world to learn about yes. water skiing. Yes. And now you guys used to run a stable and you had a lot of horses at your place. Right. We built a horse boarding facility right near our house in the county. And we've had a lot of different clients and horses and we've cleaned a lot of stalls. That, and bring, that brings humility. That helps yeah, you to be a well, humble Well, it's person. good. It's good. That kind of work is good for the soul. And so just recently, one of our boarders, we were really getting to the point where we needed to sell it. And one of our boarders is in the process of buying it. Well, excellent. Excellent. So now all you're doing is raising dogs. Yes. And grandchildren. Well, I don't get to see my grandchildren very much, so... That's kind of because they're sad. they're in other places. Yeah, so. and busy. Well, you can never see grandchildren enough. I've I've shared no. that, you know, with Dustin. We've talked about how my grandchildren like it's so much easier being a grandparent than a parent. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Because you can spoil them and send them yeah, off. Yeah, right. that's right. Well, that's not what we're here for today. We <laughs> want to do a little bit of talking about reaching the one. But before we do that, I probably ought to share with folks where that comes from. So as Pastor John has come on as lead pastor, and Pastor Adam and Pastor Tim have joined them, they have looked at our congregation in the future. And so we kind of wanted to look at our mission and vision and kind of update a few things. And so we've set up what we call Vision 28. And the Vision 28 is that by 2028, St. Peter's is positioned to 
to effectively connect the next generation to Christ and lead them to lifelong discipleship. And so we've had a kind of a tagline with that of growing younger and deeper in Christ. So we have four motives that will help us with the Vision 28. Those would be compelling community, resilient faith, potential of each person, and reaching the one. And today we wanted to focus on reaching the one. And some of you may have heard in a previous podcast, Julie Dietrich, uh, who had been a temporary co-host, and Dustin talking about a new class that they were doing called Reaching the One that specifically focused on that idea of how we can connect people to Jesus for the first time and keep them connected for a lifetime. And so Connie was involved with, she mentioned earlier, her women's Bible study. Mm -hmm. They were kind of the pilot group. Is that right, Dustin? Yep. So we've done two different pilot groups of going through this training. And the training is something that Julie Dietrich and I are leading, as George mentioned. But it's really off of things that we've put together that George and I and now Adam have been working on for a number of years and putting into training. And again, based off of resilient faith, compelling community, potential of each person uh, reaching the one. And so I told Pastor John, I don't know if he intentionally put those other three first, compelling community, resilient faith, potential of each person before reaching the one. But in my mind, it makes sense because you need those three things in order to reach the one. And so, again, that's kind of the training, and we're still kind of in that pilot mode. But, yeah, so Connie and her ladies' Bible study were gracious enough to host Julie and I and allow us to come in and lead the training and provide uh, great feedback for us. So. So kind of maybe I can back up before we talk about the reaching the one that you ladies study together. You've been involved in a variety of study groups over the years, mm-hmm. haven't you? Yes. So like, let's let's back up. Have you and John been involved in some couples small groups together? Well, actually, when we were in Wisconsin at our church there, we started in a small group Bible study and there were specific guidelines that we followed. So when we came to Columbus and we were members of First Luke, Lutheran, we actually started quite a few small groups at First Lutheran, and I would go and get them started with the guidelines, and then they would carry on. So then one of our small groups, we were together for 35 years almost, and then the pandemic kind of ended that, and now we're in our connect group. So you said there's some very specific rules for the original small groups you're set up. How would you say that the current connect group setup arrangement differs from what you had done in the previous? It's actually very similar. We had two questions at the end of our small groups that we always answered. What has God done through you? And what has God done for you? Those are very challenging questions. So my connect group, I feel, is very similar. We just don't answer those questions two questions. I think we've got some core questions that are similar to that. You know, how have you learned about God and and what are you going to do with it in your life or similar expressions of that. But the key idea, and I think most of all groups, is that compelling community where Mm -hmm. your faith, you develop a resilient faith so that you understand how God can use you, you, the potential of each person. I'm repeating all those motives for us because that leads us to the next thing about reaching to one. Now, let's talk about your women's group. How long have you been involved in that? group with those ladies? Is it just that you joined it recently? Have you been involved with Bonnie and her group? I've been going to that, to the women's Bible study, probably on and off for four years, maybe. Okay. Yeah. What's the usual format for that group? We usually have an opening prayer 
and then we watch a video lesson, and then we have discussion. Okay. And so, and that you, we might have covered books of the Bible or, mm-hmm. or general Christian topics. Yeah. Have you ever had anything that was similar to what Julie and, and Dustin presented in the Reaching the One? No. That was very unique and challenging. So let's talk about that. What are some of the things? How was it unique? How was it challenging for you? So kind of you mentioned that it was maybe a little unique from the way that you had approached other mm-hmm. other Bible groups. Can mm-hmm. you just share a little bit about maybe the what you've learned or the uniqueness of that? Yeah, the one of them was the up, in, and out, where you've got your relationship with God, and then you've got your relationship with others, and then you go out to reach the one or others. And I related a lot to blessing others and meaningful conversations. Part of that is through the volunteer work that I do at church, like with Vacation Bible School or any volunteer work that I do here. And then it made me think a lot about my work at Clarity, my volunteer work at Clarity. I'm going to ask you some questions about Clarity in a minute, but just to refresh everybody, uh, Connie's referring uh, to a couple of our spiritual disciplines. We talk about the 5 by 2 on this podcast, and that those are the five spiritual disciplines across two areas of our life. And those disciplines are worship, prayer, scripture, blessing others, and meaningful conversations in our close groups and out into the world. And so, Connie, you mentioned that as you have grown in with those family and friends, then you take that out in various ways so you can bless others. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways you've blessed others, again, is volunteering here at St. Peter's. You've been a great blessing over the years. I know uh, working with Vacation Bible School and some other things, you've been a, a very valuable volunteer. But you also volunteer at Clarity. Let's dig into that a little bit. You've blessed others there. Tell us first, for those that I think most Everybody in Columbus knows what Clarity is, but we do have some listeners that are away from Columbus. Uh, what is Clarity? What's the mission of Clarity? How do you volunteer at Clarity? Just give us a little bit about that background. Well, Clarity is a faith-based service organization, I guess you'd call it. We help women and men when they're in crises. So it could be a crisis of an unwanted pregnancy. It could be a crisis of a welcome pregnancy where people can come and get a free pregnancy test and a free ultrasound. So everything we do is free. And then we also have the service of providing diapers, wipes, clothing, formula, things that babies need, that young children need. And we do counseling with our clients. We do abortion recovery. We do education in the schools about sexuality and other challenges that students in the schools face. So we have a lot of different services. And you mentioned that it's free. It's free for those that take advantage of those services that we're offering. How does the funding come in? Somebody's got to pay for it if it's free, right? Right. Where does the funding come in? Well, we work with businesses and churches and individuals. And so most of it is funded by donations. But we have recently started a program, it's called RA, and it's called Real Alternatives, so that we are now working with the government. They will provide us with funds when we provide people with these services. 
And so when you provide the services that the government funds, does that limit how much you can do in terms of the spiritual aspect of it? Yes, it does. So you can provide alternatives without necessarily the overt Christian witness, but you're blessing others and having meaningful conversations in the process. Yes, and the hope is that if a counselor, if they feel that a person is searching for meaning in their life, searching for Jesus, that they can meet with a spiritual counselor to follow through with that and learn more about Christianity. So it's the other services that would come before the spiritual counseling that you yes. would provide that within the government yes. framework. Yes. So now where exactly do you volunteer in there? Are you a counselor? Or are you what, what are you doing over there? I have been the receptionist on Mondays and Fridays for 20 years. And so I answer the phone. I schedule appointments. I'm the first person that people meet when they come in, whether they have an appointment or if they walk in. So I have seen people in crises, in tears, I've been in some difficult situations. I love it. It's my mission field. It's where I feel like the Lord wants me to be, and it's wonderful. So people can call in. Do you have a lot of walk-ins? Well, we used to. Okay. Now we are encouraging people to make appointments. Just because then everything's ready for them. And so that we can spend more time with each client. So if we have an appointment, if we have an opening and someone calls, we have a time frame blocked for them. In the past, we might have five walk-ins, and then you're just trying to get everybody what they need. But with scheduling, it allows the counselors to have more time with each client. So that's a good thing. Right. And other volunteers then to maybe accumulate things that you would share with that person. Yes. Now, tell us about sites. I've heard different things over the years, and I've seen some other things. What are the current Clarity sites around town? Okay, we have one in Brown County, one in Seymour, one in Columbus, in Greensburg, in Shelbyville, in Franklin, and up in Greenwood. So it's multi-city, multi-county. Yes. Here in Columbus, where would your offices slash facilities be? We're located on 7th and Gladstone, which is right near the big cemetery and Fisher's Florist. We've been there for quite a while now. So we're very conveniently located. So where you would see clients would be at 7th and Gladstone. And you've got a variety of services. Can you list again what type of folks might call for help? Material assistance is a big one which is diapers, wipes, formula, clothing, strollers, infant seats. We were giving out cribs, peck and plays, and car seats, but we're kind of on hold with that right now. There's a lot of regulations around those things, right? Because like used car seats. They have to take two classes for a peck and play and one class for a car seat. So they understand the safety issues with those things. So material assistance, and that would be for somebody that has some financial needs? Yes, yes. And then what would be some of the other clients that might pop in there? Or call for reservation. Well, for pregnancy test. So they will schedule an appointment to get a pregnancy test. And then we schedule them for an ultrasound. And they would come in for counseling. Like a high school girl might just come in and just needs to talk about what she's going through. We have people come in with donations. A lot of people donate handmade blankets, baby clothes that they no longer need, diapers. So we have a lot of people that donate. And you mentioned uh, abortion recovery. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. There is a person that runs the abortion recovery program. It's actually a group that meets once a week, someone that's gone through an abortion or more than one, and their life has been adversely affected by that, and they want to find forgiveness in that 
And now I know that you guys are super confidential in all that you do. Because right? that, mm-hmm. that is one of those things that a lot of people worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, is somebody going to find out? In terms of teenagers that come there, where does the parent get involved in the process? Do you encourage them to bring parents in? Do you let that, how does that work? Well, if they're younger than 16, and that might be 15, 15 or 16, they need to have a parent with them. Otherwise, if they're older than that, they can come in without a parent and they sign a confidential form and we make it clear to them that everything that we say and they say is confidential. And all that you do at Clarity is pro-life. It's about trying to have the person that might be pregnant consider the alternatives that are available besides abortion. Yes, we cover all the alternatives from adoption to foster to keeping the baby. And so we are pro-life. We do not refer for abortions. I seem to remember that there used to be an office up by Kroger where they did STD tests. Is that yes, still we an have option? Yes, we have an STD center that's up by the old Kroger. It's in Doctors Park, which is north of Highway 31. And they also do pregnancy tests there. So that clinic is very, very busy. And that's, again, the opportunity that you would have to speak into the lives of young adults or mm-hmm. older adults that may have some of those issues yes. that they're frantic, they don't know what to do, but you you can actually give some counseling and Jesus yes. love in that process. Yes, yes. So you say that like this has been your mission. This has been something you've been excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if some other folks would like to be a part of that, how do they get involved? How can they volunteer? They can go online and Google Clarity. They can call Clarity. It's Clarity, C-L-A-R-I-T-Y. Correct. Okay. Now, Connie, I'm going to back up a little bit, and I know that Dustin's dying to jump in here and give some wrap-up. I want to go back to to small group and connect groups. Mm -hmm. As you've experienced that, how has that really benefited you in being uh, active in your Christian growth? Oh, um, small groups, small group Bible study, women's Bible study. It's so important to form relationships with other Christians. And it's a great way to meet people, especially in a big church like this. My connect group, probably half of them I didn't know. And I'm getting to know them. And I think these connect groups are a wonderful way for a big church to get connected and have their members feel close I just want to get that a pitch in for Connect Group. So, Dustin, you have some things you'd like to say to wrap us up. You're always you're always working it, George. Yeah, I think there was just a lot of great stuff there. And as as you were talking, Connie, about clarity, I just saw so many tie-ins with the the reaching the one uh, training pilot that we did. And um, as you talked about your mission field, and so you know, really during the training, we talked about kind of the idea of organized mission versus organic mission. And so like clarity is like that organized mission where it's planned and have mm-hmm. all these resources ready, things like that. But then there's the organic mission that is just kind of just happens. And the Holy Spirit provides those opportunities for us, whether it's with our neighbors or friends, coworkers, whatever it may be, it just an opportunity arises for us to bless them or have a meaningful conversation. And that obviously happens even within the organized mission, I'm sure at clarity is people come in, those opportunities arise mm-hmm. and you're able to bless them and have meaningful conversation, share the gospel, whatever that may look like. And so, yeah, that just seemed to all really tie back together. The other thing that stood out to me is you said that it's wonderful, it's worth it, but it's challenging. And yes, living on mission is very challenging. And that's why I said earlier, those three motives of resilient faith, 
compelling community and potential of each person are so important to reaching the one because it is challenging. You need that resilient faith. You need to be in the word. You need to be spending time in prayer. You need that compelling community of people around you where you're not trying to do it by yourself because otherwise you'll burn out if you're trying to do it alone. And you also obviously need to be able to see the potential of each person, be able to then build a relationship with them, build trust in order to then be able to, as you get to know them and the opportunity arises, just be able to share your heart and your love for Jesus and what Jesus has done for you to be able to share that with them. So yeah, it was just a lot of great stuff there and all sorts of five by two stuff coming in as well. But yeah, George, any other lasting thoughts here? I just, again, want to encourage folks. We have used at St. Peter's a lot of the services of clarity in the education area. My Best for You is one of the programs that we do with our youth just to see, to present God's view of sexuality. And it's a great gift, but it needs to be used in the right way. And parents, it's huge for you to have discussions about God's view of sexuality with your kids. Clarity walks alongside of you as parents, but it's up to you parents to do that. And grandparents, again, uh, you can step in there too. God has a plan for our sexuality. Clarity is one of those partners that we really appreciate for that education piece, but also for the work that they do with those that have those other needs revolving around sexuality and and pregnancy. Connie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and, and talk about the training, but also, you know, talk about clarity. It's an awesome, awesome ministry. So thank you. Thank you. Um, To our listeners, thank you for continuing to listen in. And we look forward to continuing these discipleship conversations, talking about the 5 by 2 and continuing to talk about our Vision 28 as well. Now, go out and serve God and others. 